Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. The Little Rocket That Could Send Real Satellites to Space by Sarah Scholes The launch company Rocket Lab has amusing names for its missions. The first in May was called It's a Test. It was. When the staff debated what to call the second launch of their diminutive electron rocket, so sized and priced specifically to carry small satellites to space, they said, Well, we're still testing, aren't we? They were, and so Still Testing became the name of Rocket Lab's second launch, which took place on January 20th at around 8.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. In December, the company canceled multiple attempts before rescheduling the launch window for 2018. The live-streamed rocket lifted off from the Mahia Peninsula in New Zealand, headed for some place with an even better view— Despite the uncertainty surrounding the launch, or any test launch for that matter, the rocket was carrying real payloads for real customers. Three small satellites, one for a company that images Earth, and two for one that monitors weather and ship traffic. But why on Earth would a satellite company choose a rocket in progress when there are so many reliable launchers out there? After all, even established rockets blow up sometimes. The short answer is that small sats, which the electron was built to transport exclusively, are by nature expendable. Small sat makers like Planet and Spire, the two clients on this mission, have ever-growing genetically similar populations of orbiters. So losing one or two in a less-than-successful test flight? Probably worth the risk. Small sat companies are willing to put their hardware on this particular liftoff line, because the Electron is poised to be the first commercially bookable rocket built specifically for small payloads, which typically have to piggyback on big expensive rockets with big expensive payloads that don't launch often enough and aren't always headed to their orbit of choice. In the next decade, 3,483 small satellites between 1 and 100 kilograms will go to space, generating just over $2 billion of launch revenue, according to the Small Satellite Markets 4th Edition Report, which research and consulting firm Northern Sky Research released last month. In this future world, where thousands more small sats provide environmental, 
economic and even political intelligence, as well as Earth-covering Internet, the test steps necessary to get on up to space quickly, cheaply and precisely, seem worth the risk not just to planet and spire, but perhaps to you and me. But boy, was there risk. While Rocket Lab's first electron didn't explode and did reach space, and so gets at least an A for its first attempt, it's a test didn't quite get to orbit. After an investigation, Rocket Lab determined that four minutes post-blast-off, ground equipment, provided by a third party, temporarily stopped talking to the rocket. When communication breaks down, official procedures demand that safety officials stop the flight, and so they did. But the rocket itself, according to the same investigation, was sound. So the company moved on to a test delivery. It's really the next logical step, says Peter Beck, Rocket Lab's founder. Beck seems uncannily logical about the risks his young company is taking. When asked about his feelings about launching actual stuff on still testing, he replied that doing so certainly involved extra actual tasks. I'm not sure if you can become extra nervous or extra excited, he said. That sentiment fits with the launch's pragmatic names, and those fit with New Zealanders' general pragmatic streak, says Beck. He cites some of the country's names for flowing water, River 1, River 2, River 3. For their part, Planet and Spire are here for that no-nonsense-ness. Planet already has around 200 satellites in orbit, so adding one to its flock of so-called doves would be good but not critical. Besides, says Mike Safian, Planet's director of launch, we picked one we wouldn't miss too much, a sat named Pioneer. It's a double meaning, says Safian. First, it's an homage to NASA's old missions, on whose shoulders they stand. Second meaning, they are pioneers. There is this new space wave that Planet is very much at the forefront of, and Rocket Lab is very much at the forefront of, says Safian. This is what the forefront looks like, by the way. You can book space on an electron rocket online. Just click the size of your small sat, the same basic way you'd book a bunk on Airbnb. Spire 2 is into it. Jenny Barna met Peter Beck before she had her current job as the director of launch at Spire, whose satellites aim to keep track of aeronautical and nautical nautical traffic, as well as weather. Back in her days at SSL, which makes spacecraft and communications systems, a co-worker invited her to a presentation Beck was giving on-site. She listened to Beck describe Rocket Lab's technology and his vision for a vehicle that provided frequent, affordable launches just for little guys. In an industry that caters to huge sats and makes small sats second-class passengers. And she was intrigued. I remember sitting there thinking how lucky I am to be working at this industry at this time, she says. And after she moved to Spire, she led the company to sign on as one of Rocket Lab's first customers. It's currently contracted for up to 12 launches. That's a lot. But Spire has to launch a lot. The company wants access to space every month so they can produce their satellites in small batches, send them up, iterate, and launch the next generation. So far, counting today, Spire has launched 54 satellites. They've done it on the rockets of Russia, Soyuz, and Dnipur, Japan, HIIB, and India, PSLV, and the rockets of the U.S.'s Orbital Antares and ULA Atlas V. And now they'll ride with Rocket Lab, picking on a rocket of their own satellite size. 
But that doesn't mean they'll ever only use Rocket Lab, or Orbital, or ULA. They plan to keep their eggs distributed partly because even when it's not just a test, rockets still blow up, the eggs breaking along with them. It's just part of the industry, says Barna. When Barna spoke of still testing a few days before the initial launch window, she was straight up about the possibility that this particular rocket wouldn't carry the egg safely to space. We know that a million things have to go perfectly for this to be successful, she said. We hope they make history. They did, and deployed the three-satellite payload into orbit. And pending analysis of this seemingly successful test, Rocket Lab will skip its planned third test and jump straight into official operations in early 2018. We've got a lot of customers that need to get in orbit, says Beck. Suggestion for the third flight's name? This is not a test. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.